how hard we would laugh. I will miss my friend. Dana Carvey's words have a lot to say to us, as does the attitude of President Bush. My intention in sharing this example, by the way, is 100% nonpartisan, as I need to be clear. Other leaders and presidents from other political parties believe the same thing that President Bush did. And that belief, humor, has a place even in the midst of difficult times and overwhelming challenges. I miss those days, too. Exxon Valdez, Tiananmen Square, the Panama invasion, Iraq invades Kuwait, the Persian Gulf War. These tragic events and the suffering that went along with them during President Bush's presidency were anything but laughing matters. And yet during his presidency and after, he knew there was a place for humor. Mass shootings, an American norm, the war in Ukraine, violence, nuclear war threats that remind some of us of the drills of hiding under our school desks while the Venetian blinds were shut. All such things are beyond horrible and tragic and represent how far off base humanity is in 2022. And yet, while there is absolutely nothing funny about any of these things, I believe there is a place for humor in the midst of it all. As an aside, terrible things can bring people together. Tragedy propels people to act for good, to confront what is bad, to deal with injustice, to seek truth, to implement change, to alter systems that are systemically broken and can cause people to show up in a spirit of problem-solving conviction. Tough stuff has the potential to move people to the understanding that different perspectives and views are needed to solve problems and can lead to humility, selflessness, and love. But the converse is also true. When horrendous things happen, we can lose perspective, give up, silo, stop listening, hunker down, act helpless, engage in very limited ways of thinking, get angry, get depressed, worry, and lash out. Those are two ways we can respond. And while there are many things that will help us respond in a more productive way, one thing that would be beneficial during this time in our lives, I believe, is God-given humor. Not only humor, but laughter and joy as well. In fact, humor, laughter, and joy can be used as a tool to help us better respond to what is wrong. Not because what is wrong is in any way funny, but because humor, laughter, and joy can help us keep perspective, make us more open to creative problem-solving, opens us up to possibilities and keeps us healthier. And research shows all of what I've just described. Humor, laughter, and joy helps us see unexpected approaches that we hadn't thought of before and lets us see God act in unexpected ways we never anticipated. Humor, laughter, and joy help us retain mental health and resilience when things are bad. Laughter bridges the gap between people when people need to come together across divides to solve things and helps us not take ourselves too seriously when we need to take things more seriously. Now before I continue, I need to share some caveats as to what I'm getting into as I do not want to be misunderstood. Humor and laughter is not about denial. It's not about sticking our heads in the sand. It's not saying to ourselves that such and such a problem is a long way away, I don't have anything to do with it. Humor and laughter is not about saying everything is peachy keen and don't worry about it, God's got it covered. 
Humor and laughter does not mean we're not sad. It doesn't mean we don't grieve. It doesn't mean we become angry over suffering or indignant over cold-heartedness. And such things certainly don't mean that we're to find humor, laughter, and joy when all we feel is the need to cry. I'm extremely serious when it comes to responding to mental illness, child, spousal abuse, addictions, systemic racism, and catastrophic losses. So humor and laughter doesn't mean we don't take things seriously, nor does it mean we don't take sin seriously. And if you're in a place today in which not much seems funny, I'm not suggesting in any way there's something wrong with you. Many of us get into such places where we can't find laughter or humor. I've been there before and will again, I'm sure. I also need to point out that what is funny to one person may not be to another. And what is funny is not funny if it's done with malicious intent or degrading intent. And humor is never about putting another person down with the desire to do so. It's not about making fun of in hurtful ways. It's not about name-calling or playing off stereotypes or prejudices or to keep people oppressed. And very importantly, laughter does not mean we're being irreverent. That's a hard one for a lot of people. Reverence doesn't mean we cannot laugh. As a lifelong Episcopalian, many Episcopalians sometimes feel that reverence doesn't mean laughing. Reinhold Niebuhr once said, humor is the prelude to faith and laughter is the beginning of prayer. Isn't that interesting? Humor is the prelude to faith and laughter is the beginning of prayer. In the same light, Pierre de Chardin once said, joy is the infallible sign of the presence of God. Well, with these caveats in mind this week and next, I'd like to explore God-given humor, the gifts of humor. Laughter and joy. I'd like to get into how such things can be incredibly helpful to think about, either adding or increasing in our repertoire to how we're showing up in life right now. Now, it's important to point out that humor and laughter are certainly part of our faith tradition, and such things are found in Scripture if you look for it from beginning to end. I also want to point out, interestingly enough, that throughout my life, some of the most joyful and celebratory worship services, even when there was laughter, I've attended were in poverty-stricken third-world countries. Places in which there was little employment, hunger was widely experienced, and the future was bleak. Why is that? Why is that that in, such, in some of the most destitute places, there's such joy in worship? What can we learn from this? Now, our Christian journey is serious business, but I believe Jesus invites us to include laughter and humor and joy in our journey with Jesus. Yes, we're given life to serve and to love and help God bring in God's kingdom, but I believe we're also given life to smile, to chortle, even guffaw at times. After all, the word gospel means good news. Good news that never goes away, regardless of how tough things are. You all know that we speak of the purpose of life, the purpose of why we are here, is love, as Scripture tells us that God is love. And what's interesting is that laughter in human relationships contributes to more robust and healthier love. 
Isn't that interesting? Research even shows that couples that laugh together stay together. Isn't that interesting? It's because laughter and love go hand in hand. So as God is love, God, I believe, invites us to holy laughter, even laughter sometimes that might not seem so holy. And before getting into ways and methods of increasing our humor and laughter, which I'll get into a lot next week, I want to take a look at some of what we find in Scripture about this whole topic. Now, such examples of humor in Scripture sometimes are very subtle, at other times they're obvious, at other times you need to look for it and be open to it. But let's look at some Scripture. In the book of Genesis, at the very beginning, we learn that we are made in the image of God. Laughter, humor, and joy are part of who we are as people when we're healthy. And as such, and as we are made in God's image, God must be one who laughs and engages us in humor and is joyful. In the 37th Psalm, we find this verse, the Lord laughs at the wicked. And not only is this an example of God's laughter, but it shows that God sometimes laughs at the foolishness of people who want nothing to do with God. It's like God laughs at the bullies in the world because God knows they will not prevail. As Lauren Winter writes in Slight Adaptations, the Psalms offer an account of God's laughter. In the Psalms, God laughs three times at evildoers and plotters of injustice. God is laughing because God knows that in the final ordering of the cosmos, the unjust will not triumph. Neither will death. It's as if God is laughing at the folly of people who engage in evil. Picture yourself laughing at the bully on the playground, disempowering that bully. Perhaps we can see such laughter as God's act of defiance against what is wrong. God clearly has a sense of humor as God in the book of Genesis tells Abraham that Sarah's going to have a baby despite her old age. And Sarah laughs at the idea. And God, as a result, suggests that they should name their baby Isaac, which means he laughs. God says, Isaac, and, I mean, Abraham and Sarah, I want you to name your baby. He laughs. Like to see that on the top 10 list of names for babies. Isaac, or he laughs, who would grow to be thrust into immense, overwhelming challenges, carried his name, meaning laughter, throughout it all. What does that say to us about the place of humor and serious stuff? His name means he laughs, and look at all Isaac dealt with. Then there's one of my favorite readings today from the book of Numbers. It's not a story about laughter. But there are parts of it that are humorous. And people hearing this story in the original language would have picked up immediately the whimsical nature of this tale. Now, in it, there's a fellow named Balaam. And the context of the story is not funny as there are battles and wars going on. And there's a king named Balak. He has heard how tough the Israelite army is in defeating their enemies. He's afraid of the Israelites, so he sends messengers to Balaam, who he has heard has the capacity to bless and curse people. 
In the midst of this, this character shows up. Long story short, although Balaam does not agree to curse the Israelites as Balak wants, he gets on a donkey and he travels to see Balak. Now on the way, on the way angels block Balaam's path because God is not happy, perhaps because Balaam did not follow God's plans precisely. Was Balaam the donkey move along the road, the donkey suddenly sees God's angels who are blocking the way. Balaam cannot see the angels. And seeing the angels, the donkey goes on and on and gets on a narrow path and Balaam's foot is smashed against the walls. Balaam yells at his donkey and the donkey lays down and soon thereafter the donkey speaks to Balaam. Am I not your donkey which you've always ridden? What have I ever done to you? This is in the midst of war and fear and trepidation. Jews hearing the story would have laughed at this part of the story. Not the war, but the donkey part. In the midst of all that's really hard, a talking donkey plays a key role in the story. It's like God uses Mr. Ed to make a point. It's supposed to be humorous. It makes the story more memorable. Remember, stories were told by hearing them. And when you throw in something funny, it makes the story more memorable. Then our gospel reading today from Matthew, the beginning of the Sermon on the Mount, which goes from chapter 5 through 7. Some of the most amazing, powerful teachings, astonishing teachings. And Jesus is very serious. But Jesus has a sense of humor if you look for it. And you're open to it. And you study the Greek in it. Jesus' words in the Sermon on the Mount are life-changing, guiding, healing, and transforming. He's inviting people into a new life. Serious business. Yet in the midst of his teaching, he says, you know, people don't light a lamp and put it under a basket. We know what Jesus was trying to teach. But I believe Jesus, as do others, was using a bit of humor, a preposterous, ridiculous idea to make a point. If I lit a candle and stuck it under a basket, you know what would happen? It would catch on fire. Nobody puts a candle underneath a basket. It's a ridiculous thing to do. It's a silly thing to do. And Jesus is using a ridiculous idea to make the point, of course you're going to take the light and love of God out into the world. Of course you're going to do that. If you don't do that, it's like setting a basket on fire with a candle. Nobody does that. So go spread the good news. One person writes in adapted form over and over the years, we know that Jesus, as we get close to Jesus, that he's a teacher, that he's a healer, that he's a savior, that he's a purveyor of wisdom. And he probably never considered Jesus as a stand-up comic, and for good reason, he was not. Nevertheless, it's very clear that Jesus had a sense of humor. And you can find it in many places in the Gospels. He used humor and irony to make points, to make them memorable. Well, next week I'm going to get into some more stories that reflect God's humor from Scripture. More importantly, I'm going to get into some ways that we can boost up our laughter and humor and even joy. We can all learn to laugh more and smile more. But in the meantime, I invite each of us to consider where we are with humor and laughter. Where are we? 
We still have it. What might be inhibiting such things in our lives? Yes, I know things are serious. Yes, I know we're all dealing with serious stuff. But where are we with humor and God-given joy? How might we seek to find humor in the midst of whatever challenges we are facing? What might God be saying to us about this whole subject? And as I wrap, a little more presidential humor. Speaking of presidents, a number of years ago, a U.S. Senator took Will Rogers to meet President Coolidge at the White House. The senator warned Will Rogers that the president never smiled. Will, Will responded that he was going to make President Coolidge smile. But once inside the Oval Office, the senator introduced Will to the president. And the senator said, Will, I'd like you to meet President Coolidge. As the president shook Will Rogers' hand, Will said to the president, I'm, I'm, I'm sorry, but I didn't catch your name. <laughs> the president smiled, which shows us the importance of bringing humor and laughter to the humorless. So I invite us now to a few moments of silent prayer as we contemplate and think about what God might be saying to each of us about laughter and joy and humor in the midst of it all.